Welcome, everyone, to episode 11 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Myring. Taylor's on the boards. With me today is our managing editor, Kyle E. Miller. Also known as Kyle E. Miller on the boards. And also yeah, with yeah. me today is yeah. my is the Goose to my Maverick, or wait, no. <laughs> was Goose and Maverick were co-pilots, right? Wow. Should have watched Top Gun. Who are you? Say, are, we, are we talking about Top Gun? I don't know. I'm Derek Hemsberg and Embryon on the boards, and I'd rather be somebody cooler than a goose or the goose well, or can, any goose. You could be a wizard, but I think wizard dies. I'll be I'll be the swan into your ducklet. Not that that means anything to you, but maybe Kyle knows. Um, okay. okay, you know, both of you are fired. Let's move on. All right, moving on. Anyways, welcome back after a long hiatus. We are coming off of our Falcom extravaganza. We thought the uh, the summer topic was quite a bit of fun, so we decided to do another theme topic and the topic is pumpkin spice because we're putting it in everything these days including your podcasts <laughs> i get it i right? understand i see what you did there yes and uh so we call it pumpkin spice because we sort of waffled between fall themes like the summer episode what are summery themes and also halloween spooky songs we got a little bit of both and we're going to kind of coast through the the nice fallish songs and then we're going to enter castlevania and it's going to just be terrifying and Wow. And S- such spook. Wow. So scare. Wow. Much scare. <laughs> to, to, to bring back a term that Kyle used a couple episodes ago, it's going to be very doomful. So <laughs> before we get to that, we're going to go back to our recent album section, which it feels like it's been a long time since we did, because it has. Because it is. Uh, it, it has. So the first one we're going to do today is from an album with which has, I am going to go ahead and call it one of the most obtuse and obnoxious titles ever. Even though I love DJ Cutman. Meow Meow and Bow Wow, a tribute to Link's Awakening, is just a really difficult album to type and a really difficult album to alphabetize. But regardless, we're doing Mabe Village from Meow Meow, meow and Bow Wow. It might be yeah. Mabe Village, but it's Japanese, so I think it's Mabe. Uh, I, I, just, I just thought of that when I was wondering how to pronounce it. But anyways, so these are sort of like, um, well, they're cool. Let's just listen to it. Mabe Village from Meow Meow and Bow Wow, a tribute to Link's Awakening. <laughs> Mm. 
challenge thee to not dance when you're listening to that song. The Link's Awakening soundtrack, I already love that whole thing just because it's so... Like, whenever I think of chiptune music or, like, the, the kind of classic Zelda sound... I always think of Link's Awakening. I don't even think of Link to the Past. I do like that music, but, like, it's just that sound is... That's that's what made chip music what it is, if you ask me, is, like, the Game Boy sound, because I always go right to Link's Awakening. And so for DJ Cutman to go and do that is, like, sort of... It's like mom meeting dad for the first time. And oh, my. it's... <laughs> what? They're just dating. <laughs> but uh, for May Village, or Mabe Village, is... A, a cool song we played i think we played ivy's version when we interviewed her but i just i think we did if we didn't it's awesome you should listen to it it's on the black right. box yeah exactly but um yeah just like the the mario paint sound effects and just the cat yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that kind of thing would like annoy me normally but for some reason it's infectious here it's cute and, it, it is it's just it's it's adorable that's all we can say and that just at the end when you get the like, people like sighing and stuff uh i just really like that yeah. song it's a. It takes the original song and it doesn't. It sort of adds another layer, but it doesn't take it over the top. It reminds me of the. I, I'm actually not sure if it was Cutman that did them, but the Game Chops record label has these two albums that are just called Game Chops, and I think the second one's Game Chops too. They're just older songs, mostly SNES and earlier, and they're most of them are just sort of laid over with hip hop beats or 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 bass, and they're li- they're made to be listened to consecutively, and they all. They flow together really well, but they're all just it's it's amazing how they how they can just take a song that already has a strong melody and add a cool bass line to it and it amps it up a lot. It it makes for a different sort of listening experience, but that's exactly what Dramambe Village reminded me of. So Yeah. Sometimes. As something that you know, DJ Cutman does live shows and all his music is, you know, very danceable. I watched the Magfest stream last year and just, you know, you can you can I can imagine hearing this and just seeing people all just bobbing their heads and, you know, Engaging in general japery. General japery slash, what is that? Slash rally? Slash, yeah, slash rally. You engage in general japery. japery. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I guess the consensus is that we like that. We like it. And we also like the next song. This is actually an unreleased track, technically. Um, This is from an album called Compi de Chocobo that was released at Tokyo Game Show. It's a, a, yeah, exactly. I'd pull it up on my phone, but I'm not quick enough on the draw. It's actually on the album. Oh, okay. Oh, you're right. It is. But anyway... So this is a two-disc album that has Chocobo songs from the entire Final Fantasy series and a bunch of spin-offs. I think it's pretty comprehensive. I don't think there's anything more comprehensive out there if you're looking for any Chocobo themes. So among all of the regular Chocobo themes, 1 through 13, they also have stuff from spin-offs, like I said, in 13-2, as well as uh, Final Fantasy XIV, Realm Reborn, and Lightning Returns. So what we're going to play for you is actually the... Well, actually, there's three chocobo tracks and lightning returns we're playing chocobo returns which i imagine is the <laughs> general one the one that you listen to when you're riding on a chocobo around the wildlands so we're gonna take a listen to that and we'll be back
that one doesn't start out quite as punchy as your typical chocobo theme. Uh, it grew on me, though. I, I didn't really like it at first. When I got a hold of this album, the thing that I was most excited to hear were the tracks from Lightning Returns, because I want that soundtrack like, like crazy mad. So I, I went straight for those, and none of them really grabbed me at first, but this one has come to be my favorite. It's got a lot of diversity in the instrumentation, which is what I think makes it stand out after you hear... After you hear the beginning part, you're just kind of like, oh, well, this is mellow, and it's not. It's just, it doesn't seem like it's that excited about itself, but... Uh, it's, I was surprised at how laid back it is, but it does get more interesting. It's more dynamic than most of the Chocobo themes, mm-hmm. which are just, like, the same thing repeated. Yeah, I, I actually, I like, I actually really like all three of the Chocobo themes from Lightning Returns that are on that album. Um, I, this one isn't my favorite, but I, it's definitely more laid back. I, I, it feels like something you'd hear at, like, a jazz club when everybody's sitting back smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey on the rocks and, you know wearing bowlers and fedoras and it's the 1950s and you mean you mean potions on the rocks right oh yeah potions <laughs> potions on the rocks and you know it's it, you know what it reminds me of cuttings, maybe it reminds me of that scene in who framed roger rabbit when uh, eddie goes to the club like yeah. I, I can imagine this playing there I, I really like like the piano at the end and just it's it's got this real kind of light chilling with my chocobo sound and i dig that and it stands out especially considering lightning returns is not a game that I look at and think, oh, happy atmosphere. So, <laughs> yeah, there's like a bloody chocobo in the video. Yeah. Really depressed me for the rest yeah. of the day. I saw it. So I'm sure that makes for a nice respite in terms of uh, musical atmosphere when it plays in the game. I would agree. I I'm, I see it as like I mean this is completely random speculation, but I see that as being like the chocobo ranch music, and then when you ride a chocobo, it's like you know one of the other songs. But we shall see in February. So, anyways, our third track from recent albums today. Uh, this is from. So we all know Blake Robinson's synthetic orchestra at this point. He's awesome. He's cool. We don't need to overtalk him. But he, uh, this is from Volume 2 of the Chrono Trigger Symphony, which is, as you might imagine, uh, Disc 2 of the Chrono Trigger soundtrack done in a totally cool synthetic orchestra style. And I, I picked this particular track, A, because it's awesome. And no e, way. Yes. Way. Way. I don't believe, w, I don't believe you. W-A-I. Way. W-A-I. Why? And it, it's Desolate Worlds. You'll recognize it if you've ever played Chrono Trigger. We even played it on this show once as in its original form. But uh, So this is Desolate World from Chrono Trigger Symphony Volume 2.
that is such a perfect rendition of that song. Like, if it wasn't a Super... Because on Super Nintendo, it's already, I would say, perfect. Because it's it's just so evocative. And this this particular arrangement of it just really gets this, that desolation. And that, that choir is perfect. And it, it's just, there's like this melancholy. And, like, ever since I played Chrono Trigger, this part has been, like, the most chilling part of the game to me. Obviously, because, you know, it's supposed to be. And... Like, I think the reason that game is lodged so tightly in my memories is because, you know, you, you show up in, in 2300 AD and you've got this storm of ash and these dingy people and just everything is dejected. And the most evocative part of the atmosphere for me is this song because it's like the song encompasses the sound of the winds of ash. And, it, you know, it, so few games actually show you the, the fail state. If you fail in your mission, this is what happens. And it's like... like everything contributes to it. Like, when you get in the Enertron, it's like, you know, you're rested, but you're still hungry, and you're like, that's... Still hungry. Every yep. single one of these people. And so, I just... This captures all of that beautifully. I think you said it very well. It's The song isn't a really diverse song, but it doesn't need to be. It's just... It's super atmospheric, and I continue to be surprised by how well Blake Robinson does in rearranging this stuff. He's crazy good. So that does us for recent albums for the day, and I'm glad we got back to that because we had a lot of good music to cover. And the Falcon episode, we took it out because we had, you know, a million tracks to do, but yeah. uh, I think that was worthwhile. But here, I'm glad we got back to it. But anyways, so today's topic, as we mentioned earlier, Halloween and fall themes. So all manner of the leaves are falling and the wind is blowing and it's almost winter time and, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not warm anymore, but it's not quite freezing cold out. So it's, you know, you can go outside and enjoy your pumpkin spice latte with your pumpkin spice coffee, a piece of pumpkin spice cake, and perhaps be wearing pumpkin spice cologne because those things all exist now. And we just thought you'd want to get it into your podcast too. But so for, for what we've done today is we have those sort of softer, relaxing fall songs lined up and they're sort of going to bleed the way. We're going to make our way through them and we're going to eventually pass through the gates to Castlevania and all hell is going to break loose and it's going to get dark and evil and disturbed and twisted, haha, and not a moment of respite. It's going to be frightening. So I believe Derek and Kyle picked our first three tracks, so a few gentlemen would care to introduce them. Absolutely. So I hope that you guys are going to be listening to this on a suitable day, perhaps Halloween, if possible. Um, we're going to take you through a variety of moods, like Steven said, but we're going to start out pretty gentle here. I don't want to freak you out right away. So the first thing we're going to listen to is a song called Morning Fog in the Village. This is from a sort of little-known PlayStation 2 RPG called Tsugunai Atonement. The soundtrack is uh, titled in Celtic, and I cannot pronounce it, so I will not attempt to. I, I and, actually, um, I believe it's And Can You Knew It? Yeah, I, it well, something along those lines. Yeah, nice try. So this is a, a song that is absolutely going to remind you of Mitsuda's other work specifically. It, it has a strong Xenogears vibe to me. So after that, Kyle picked his first track for the day. So autumn always reminds me of, you know, you can go outside, but it's getting colder, and you always want to have, like, a nice, warm place to come back to. So I always associate it with, like, folk music and inns and taverns, you know, when you can come in and get a warm beverage or a beer, something to warm you up after being outside. So I chose A Watering Hole in the Harbor, which is the one of the tavern themes from The Witcher 2. I know, it's predictable. Predictable, but awesome. But- <laughs> there are a lot of in themes that could work for this, but this is this is one of my favorites. I agree, this is a great song. And following that, I picked another track. This one is from Nino Kuni. It is the Golden Grove, which is an area that you visit pretty early in the game. It is predictably a Golden Grove. 
autumny leaves everywhere and chilly atmosphere kind of i'm sure there is a chill wind blowing through that place but it when i was composing my list of picks for this episode i i was trying to go for things that remind me of autumn like like Kyle said sort of abstract concepts like warmth and colors like orange and gold so this is a song that encompasses those things so we're going to listen to morning fog in the village from Suganai atonement a watering hole in the harbor from the witcher 2 and golden grove from nino kuni and we'll be back
Morning Fog in the Village paints a really vivid picture of a misty, cool morning in a village with the sunlight filtering through the tree branches and the peasant villagers clad in burlap brown going about their business. And cute dogs barking in the distance. (laughs) He's not cute, but he is barking. (laughs) (laughs) So so this is a track that does remind us of uh, Yasunari Mitsuda a lot. It, it, it's almost indistinguishable, really, from some of his other stuff, like on Xenogears. Yeah, and, you know, I never thought I'd reach a point in my life growing up as a massive Mitsuda fan, like, loving that guy's work. And I never thought I'd get to a point in my life where I was like, you know what, this is almost too Mitsuda for me. Like, again, this could be that I haven't played the game, which, you know, speaks to... You know, I don't have any attachment to the song because I'm listening to it and going, I really like this song. And there was a time in my life when I would have been like, oh, I adore this. And, you know, it's just it's such beautiful music. It's so well composed. All of those things are things that you can say about Mitsuda's music. But I I would have a very difficult time distinguishing this from any of his other pieces. Uh, just, you know, from Soma Bringer, from Chrono Cross, from Xenogears. It's just it's 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 excellent, but it's it feels safe for Mitsuda. Well, the game itself is not supposed to be all that good from what I hear. Uh, it's just sort of a bland, muddy-looking generic PS2. or It was like a really early PS2 RPG. Um, Kyle and I were actually... We Googled the name, and we were just reading uh, captions from screenshots to each other. Like, an astral body. I can't believe I'm seeing one for the first time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know anything about the game. Um, it is pretty anonymous, but I, still, I think that... It, and the Golden Grove, they do, they are reminiscent of a stroll in the forest or, you know, an area where there are a bunch of trees and, like, it might not be completely sunny out like it is in the autumn, you know, like, just, like, a little bit of sun coming through the clouds, but it looks brighter outside because of all the leaves, and I don't know, I get that. I, I would agree with that. That's, I, I think I actually feel pretty similarly about both of those tracks. The Golden Grove, we're kind of going out of order, but that's okay. Uh, the Like, the Golden Grove, Derek and I both said it, it reminds us of Koichi Sugiyama and Dragon Quest. And again, not a knock on it because Joe Hisishi is really talented and Koichi Sugiyama is really talented. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Dragon Quest music, and I just I this one didn't really latch itself on me. But again, could be that I haven't played the game. That said, yeah. as if in terms of being evocative of the theme, without a doubt, 100 percent accurate. Yeah, it's got kind of a bounding, mischievous melody. Like I imagine little little critters running about through the tree leaves and stuff, and hiding in piles of of autumn leaves. So. I just said the same thing twice, but yeah, so... Piles of autumn leaves, piles of autumn leaves. Piles of autumn leaves being piles of autumn leaves. I'm not not wordy today. And then a a watering hole in the harbor was remarkably melody-driven. I I haven't really played that much of The Witcher 2, maybe like three hours. I know Kyle's a huge, huge fan. We've talked about it before, (laughs) but... Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm letting you down. But plenty of games that you need to play that you haven't, so we don't want to go there, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. I, I that that song um, I love the Witcher 2's music all of it universally. Um, I'm glad Kyle comes on the show and always brings it up because it frees up one of my selections and I would want to pick the Witcher 2. But anyways, it uh, it reminds me of just like sitting in in a pub like made of stone and like worn out worn down wood with these like you know circular windows that look like they've been hewn by like rough hands and you're sitting there looking at piles of leaves, piles of autumn leaves, piles of autumn leaves outside piles the window, leaves. piles of autumn leaves <laughs> outside the window. <laughs> And, you know, it, it's just great. Piles of autumn leaves. Piles of autumn leaves. And then piles when of you autumn. say that three times into a mirror and somebody brings you a mug of pumpkin spice. <laughs> Go on, though. Uh, no, that's that's all I got. I, 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 I've always enjoyed that track from The Witcher. It's really colorful. And I think one of the great things about The Witcher, The Witcher 2 in particular, not so much the first game, is that 
despite being like really dark and like you know quote unquote grim dark fantasy, like there are these moments of really bright fantasy and like almost almost like fairy tale kind of fantasy. Yeah, like and I think that's one of the things that makes that game so special. I agree with you completely. I think even in the in the in the game, there's it's very serious, but with Ger- between Geralt's wit and you know the way you run into people and just like the way the conversations can happen, it, there are moments of I, I don't want to say levity because that makes it sound a little too light, but there's moments of peace. I don't know. I've thought of writing an editorial about it, so you should, Maybe. and you can uh, link people to your super favorite music podcast where you frequently pick tracks. <laughs> yep. Well, that does it for that block of tracks. Nope. Are we getting, are we getting into the dark stuff yet? Not yet. We're not getting into the dark stuff yet. We're getting there. We get we have a we have a little more peace and quiet and then some utter insanity before the dark stuff. But so I picked the first of our ne- or the first two of our next tracks. The first one is Land of the Spirits from Shadow Hearts from the New World because none of you people love Shadow Hearts three enough and I'm I, I'm ashamed of you. I, I hope you're not talking to me. Well, no, I'm not I talking love... to you or Kyle because yeah. I know you guys appreciate it. But gamers and people who are listening. Go play Shadow Hearts 3 and stop hating it because it doesn't have Yuri. It's an awesome game. What and a giant cat that's drunk? His name is Mao, and it has Frank, the American ninja. <laughs> well, he's terrible, but terribly, forget ter- about him. Terribly awesome. <laughs> but, yes, so Land of the Spirits from Shadow Hearts 3. And then this is a track that has not been released yet. I may have borrowed it from the game files on Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, but this is from... Uh, the title is just Limsa Laminsa Field 4. Uh, the first time I heard this song when we were playing Final Fantasy XIV, I literally just, first of all, used literally wrong. Well, actually, no, I didn't. I was going to be literal. Whatever. But, so this happens to Steven a lot, but I'm running around in my chocobo. I'm on this, it's this place called Raincatcher Gully, and there's water flowing. It was nighttime, and it was raining, and the, the lighting effects when it rains are gorgeous in that game. And there's, like, this soft lantern with this guy right next to a boat, like, kind of getting ready to give you a ferry ride. And this song started playing... And I just flat out, my jaw dropped, and I just stopped. And I like I muted the Skype call I was on with you guys, and was just, this is a gorgeous song. So yeah, that's by Masayoshi Soken, who you should be watching, because he's an up, I, I, he's not really an up-and-comer at Square Enix, he's pretty well ensconced there, but he's no, awesome. He's, he's out of control good. His his stuff is, uh, I'm amazed by how good and diverse his music is. And I've, I've said it before, and it's, it's heathenous to say... Can I say heathenous? Is that a, an acceptable conjugation? We can say doomful. You can say heathenous. This Heathenly. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But uh, I, I honestly think that Soken's work on Final Fantasy XIV outpaces Nobuo Uematsu's work, like, by far. Easily. I would. Uh, there are people who disagree, and I've heard them talking about it in-game, and it's okay. Well, we, Just we know like what happens the people to people who disagree. They're, they're wrong, and they're shunned. Much like those who don't like the Chrono Cross soundtrack in-game. And... <laughs> So, and then Kyle, you picked our third track, my long introduction aside. Yeah, it, as far as I know, it's just called Large Map Last Area from Shimigami Tensei 3 Nocturne. Yeah. And that's pretty dark, actually. So we are getting into it. Yeah, we're, we're getting darker. I forgot about that track, and I heard it, and I was like, whoa, this is awesome. I totally forgot. So let's go ahead and take a listen before we talk any further. We got Land of the Spirits from Shadow Hearts 3, Limsa Limsa Field 4 from Final Fantasy A Realm Reborn, and Large Map Last Area from SMT3.
I the percussion in Land of the Spirits is amazing. That's the song that plays in the Grand Canyon, and I, I always imagined when I was playing it that the reason you have that really like light, like the woodwinds that are great, and like that deep bass and the percussion is you get this sense of the sound echoing up out of the canyon, and I that's always the way I viewed that song, and just it. As soon as we thought the fall topic, that was immediately the song, the first song that popped into my head. I was like, oh, the Grand Canyon. I didn't know it was called Land of the Spirits. I forgot. But it's Grand Canyon song from Shadow Hearts 3. Easy. Just- it's it's kind of folky, kind of something that I would imagine playing maybe at a ritual of some kind. Not necessarily a rain dance or anything. Piles but- of autumn leaves. Piles of autumn leaves. Piles of autumn leaves. <laughs> so, yeah, just it's yeah, good fall track. Good pick. It's not the one I would pick. From the Shadow Hearts series, um, I'd pick one of the scary ones, but we That's have enough okay. scary. Um, oh, we do. But no, it does. It goes along well with what we've been talking about. Just this kind of the, the gentler side of autumn, which I love as much as the frightening side. Me too. And then the the second track, Limsa Lamenta, the field track. I I already I spoke quite a bit about it beforehand, but I just I love that nope. slow build into the percussion. The freaking bagpipes. How often are bagpipes awesome? And then just a the backing choir. I... They're awesome in the Witcher soundtrack as well. Um, You're right. But, you know, from everything, all the music that I've heard from FF14 has been really good. Like, surprisingly good. That's what so, I'm saying about Soken. Right? He's yeah, awesome. Yeah, you guys are totally right. This one, this one's awesome. Yeah, the chorus in that song really sucks you in. It's uh, Listening to it with headphones, it kind of washes over you. And if you feel like you're in a bubble. Yeah, uh, that's like I said when we were playing it. And I was just, I was on that pier. It was dark and rainy, so I couldn't see that far there was just the light of this lantern on the water with this little boat and this 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 uh rogan and standing there the rogan is like the big giant guys just standing there holding the lantern and like just the, the everything kind of undulating in the in the rainy breeze because the rain effects in that game are gorgeous Good and word. just that song comes on and washes over you is the best way to put it like i just sat there and i was like this is like when that song starts playing i can't continue playing the game because i'm just like i just have to stand here on my chocobo and just let let time pass me by. Music is Steven's kryptonite. It is. <laughs> that's why. That's why I had 110 hours or something on the first Kingdom Hearts the first time I played it because I left it on in Traverse Town whenever I was doing homework. Yeah. yeah, large map, last area. Also an awesome track that I totally forgot about. So did I. I haven't heard that probably since I played the game, and I was like, oh, it's this one with the guitar. Well, there's a lot of stuff with guitar and Nocturne, but I digress. It's an excellent choice to be honest i'm not getting the fall theme from it though love the well, song let me, let me explain yeah, um, please please do i chose this one because i find this song very very apocalyptic and mm. that's something that i associate with fall because basically it is i mean speaking metaphorically it is the apocalypse the <laughs> annual apocalypse of the of nature mother nature it's um, the tree apocalypse essentially it, yeah um it, so that's why I, I included this one i it's, know it's intimidating and it's it has a very dark feeling, and it just feels like everything's coming to an end. Piles of golden leaves. Piles of golden, golden leaves. leaves. Tree apocalypse. All hail the tree apocalypse. ba da dum ba da dum No, I, uh, I, I, your reasoning, you explained it to me earlier, and I, I, I found that to be very a very good justification for why we included it with this topic. And I, the, my notes, I wrote great sense of finality to that song. Because if I recall, it only plays when you're in this, the area of Kagatsuchi. So you're probably not there that long in the game. And it's such right. a good song that, like, I think that's why I didn't remember it, because I just remember hearing an awesome song, but then I'm like, oh, it must have been some other song that I heard. But just the, you know, you get the, the Meguro riffing guitars, you get this awesome buildup, like, just, it's, it suits the, the name Last Area, and I think it's an outstanding track, so kudos. Yes, very unconventional. All right, so... Speaking of unconventional... This next track, I think, is a great bridge into the darker stuff, because much like the song that it was almost 
obviously, I mean, there's no way it couldn't have been inspired by this song. This this song is, is Good King Mogulmog 12. It's a song that's from Final Fantasy XIV. It was in the original version of the game, and it's going to be in A Realm Reborn as soon as they re-add this fight. But this song is pretty clearly hawked from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Somebody it, watched his Tim Burton that night. Yeah, I guess so. This, this is a song that plays when you're fighting the Moogle King and his subordinates, and it's this really goofy sing-along kind of song that describes the Moogle King and each of his his little Moogle helpers in detail and what they do. The, the the lyrics are a little bit hard to understand because it's very, uh, like, it's almost kind of grating. Like, the voices are very impish and... Moogle-ish! And cackling and silly, yeah. Again, I'm going to use mischievous again to describe how it is, but very odd song, really weird choice to put in a game, but I think it's I think it's so out there crazy that it works. So uh, let's take a listen, and I... I, I think we should warn everyone, though, that this is like a debilitating earworm. Yeah, so, I was just like, about to say that. You if you're prone to these things, do not listen to this. Or do listen. Do listen. I, 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 I will, I yeah, will tell ahead. you, I listened to it once this morning, not even in completion, and I have been singing it all day, like just the main melody and... The, mm-hmm. you, well, you know what? We're talking it up. Go King Magomod 12. I warned you. Piles I warned of autumn leaves. Piles of autumn leaves. Good King Muggle Mug. So cultish. There's a the the song actually in the game 
before he uses his super attack at like the midpoint of the fight, which is called Memento Moogle, by the way, uh, it's just the song, just the main, the Good King Mongomog without any of the other lyrics. And then once everything gets cray, that's when all the lyrics come in. And you're like, ah! And there's six Moogles running around with different Final Fantasy jobs. There's like a thief, a white mage, a black mage. And they're all slinging spells at you. And his big thing is like he'll uh, he'll drop like a Moogle meteor on your head and stuff. It's... It is an insane, frantic fight, and this song could not be more fitting. And it's also it sounds awesome, like ridiculously the... catchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? If you're gonna hu- do an homage to something, and by homage I mean if you're gonna rip it off wholesale and change the lyrics, uh, at least do it right. And they did. Masu Silken did this one too, and <laughs> just that one part when it's like, "What do you decree? What do you decree?" I'm like, "Come on, everybody, scream!" Like, I, I really want to read some liner notes on that. Like, I, if we ever... Actually, we could interview Soken. We should email Square about that. But, yeah, that song, we blocked it out by, on its own because, well, you you heard it. It, it was nuts. But Thanks, now it's time to start getting a little spooky. So, uh, the first track in our next upcoming block, uh, John Tucker picked this one. And so we wanted to do honor to him. This is a little little Pokemon theme for you. It's a Pokewood theme of horror from Pokemon Black and White 2. And then I picked the middle track... And I got some more King's Quest on here. This is from King's Quest V. It's the Dark Forest theme, yeah, it's which... It's not Girl in the Tower, at least, so... No, 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 it's not <laughs> Girl in the Tower. Uh, it's very, very atmospheric track, which you, you'll hear that. There's a, a little bit of a build-up. And then, uh, Kyle, you picked the last track? Yeah, Destiny Stage from Castlevania, Order of Ecclesia. So let's go ahead and do a little Pokewood theme of horror, Dark Forest, and Destiny Stage.
Yeah, Pokemon isn't that scary. But hey, no, you know some of the <laughs> some of the was. descriptions, like Pokedex descriptions, are creepy. Like like Drifloon, the balloon Pokemon. It's like children grab onto its tendrils and then they're taken away and kidnapped and they presumably what? die. Yeah, or there's like like Bennett. It's a puppet Pokemon that became that came to life because of its sheer hatred and its mouth is a zipper and if it's unzipped then cursed energy flows out. All right. Well, these freaks live in the wood. <laughs> what? Yeah, they have to. Yeah. Oh, there's all kinds of messed up Pokemon stuff. One of the most recent ones, Honedge. Um, it's a sword that if you grab its hilt. It'll wrap its like there's like a ribbon around the hilt. It'll wrap the ribbon around your arm and suck the life out of you because you're not you're not one. worthy of holding it. I just put that one in my party. Yeah, and I know it's gonna, gonna kill you. Put, I'm gonna put it back in the box. There's some messed up Pokemon you things you, going you, on. You open Pandora's box, you can't close it. I'm glad we had this discussion of Pokemans because I actually had very little to say about that track. I I liked the very strong piano chords, but beyond that, I kind of yeah, I don't uh, really to use a scrubs to use a scrubs quote. I didn't hate that track. I nothinged it. Same, same. Oh my god, same. Oh my god, same. I same. remember when I first started saying same. Same. It was in high school. Oh my god, same. I don't think we're ever going to stop making Arrested Development references, and that's okay. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, when you make an Arrested Development reference, it just reminds me of Piles of Autumn Leaves. Piles of Autumn Leaves, Piles of Autumn Leaves. Speaking of Autumn Leaves, so <sighs> uh, I gave you guys a little story about the Dark Forest while we were saying, but just for those of you who have not played King's Quest V, which at this point I'm assuming is everybody, there's this uh, spooky forest when you first start the game that you walk close to, and it says, stay out, or I can't remember the exact verbiage on the sign but it, the gist of it is don't come in here and if you do one of two things will happen you go in unprepared and you'll make it a few screens in and then realize that it's an endless circle and you can't escape and the spooky witch will show up and immediately curse you and turn you into a frog or stone i can't remember some sort of thing that you would not like to be transformed into and uh so that song is playing and you hear that background audio and it's a different version because that's like a, a remastered version of the track and not the original midi but you're just you wandering this dark dark forest, then you eventually get an amulet that protects you from the witch, but she follows you everywhere until you figure out how to stop her, which you give her a cursed genie bottle and she gets trapped in it, and then you can freely explore this forest, which is just, it's got her house in it, and it's a very, like, spooky looking, and you can't get out, and you have to solve all these puzzles to find your way out of there, and it's just this really tense part of the game, because if you enter the game, enter too soon, you're in a fail state, you can't, you can't escape. So that's a, a big reason a lot of people don't like those older games, because, I mean, they're short, so I don't think it's a problem, but you can and if you don't, if you're not judicious in making saves, you could end up, you know, stuck and have to start over. But that forest is just so spooky and you're totally alone and they're like eyes in the back of the woods looking at you. And that I, I really I love how that twangy, really heavy, like just kind of it gives it that real sense of just spooktacularness. It's got the, the whole ambient sound effects thing going on, lending an atmosphere like the, the bog bubbles popping and the the ravens cawing and stuff you know the bugs buzzing i, I don't know the the nouns verbing there are things happening the nouns verbing it's okay if you nothing that track you can tell me <laughs> no it's all right i nothing at less than i nothing poke would <laughs> I, I i i feel like that one captures the atmosphere well you know it's not something i i, I listen to on a regular basis but as a, it reminds me of a very specific moment and i think it's it's got as a, as a middle track of spooky forest it's thumbs up yeah, i think with your anecdote it's it's creepy. It's a nice addition. Cool. What about yours, Kyle? Destiny Stage. I like it. It's one of my favorite yeah. tracks from that game. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite tracks as well. I don't know. All the music in that game is so... There's actually quite a bit of variety, but it's just so evocative. And some of it's kind of ridiculous, but, I mean, that's Castlevania, I guess. Yeah, and especially um, that one, because it has such a variety of locations compared to previous games. Right. This one's just so eerie, and that's the perfect word for it. I, I think it 
portends danger much and which is incredibly appropriate for the next block of tracks that we're going to play yeah I, so one more note on that when you say it portends stranger danger stranger it, I wrote has a sense of unfolding drama and the heavy twangy bass gives it a sense of f u u u u u u u u u u u. Yeah. So uh, that's that's definitely portending creepiness is exactly the vibe I would give it. Out of, out of curiosity, what? wait, no. When you read f u u u u what do you hear in your head? I hear I hear fu. Basically, what you hear me say every time we're fighting bosses in Final Fantasy. Kyle, he's Kyle's like the the Japanese teacher laugh. <laughs> oh yeah, I lo- I love the the Ojo sama laugh. The, ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> that that needs to make a comeback. It does. All right, so we're actually gonna play uh, our next block of tracks is mega super creepy. I'm sorry, I'm not as sorry for this as I'm gonna be for one later on. No. But it's we're gonna start with another Michiru Yamane track. This is from uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It's Requiem for the Gods, and I believe this is Amazing. one of the the. I think this is a song that plays higher up in the castle, not in the clock tower, but in I forget what the area is called. It's, it's I could be wrong, but I think it's the cathedral. But I could be wrong. The, it's the, the cathedral. I think you're right. Yeah, well, it's it's called Requiem for the Gods, so that would be appropriate, right? And I misspelled it in the notes. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I know how to. I know how to pronounce. And after that, we're gonna play the Clock Tower Final Day song from Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask by Koji Kondo. This song is like so crushingly bleak to me. I almost can't listen to it, but I'm gonna make you listen to it because I'm not nice. And we're gonna talk. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about it in in lieu of the uh, Ben Brown story because that I've never played Majora's Mask, and with that song and the story, that creepy cursed cartridge story, in the uh, bleh, uh, yeah. and then. You know, just to keep the creepness going, uh, one of our new editors, Josh Bateman, he's also a listener to the show. He goes by Jodacon on the site, uh, but I prefer to call him Joctagon because I like octagons. Have you entered the Joctagon? <laughs> Six years spent fighting in the Joctagon. Wow, that sounds actually kind of <laughs> weird. But anyways, yeah, uh, we're doing from Z- Xenosaga Episode 1 Albedo's theme because you, uh. you can't do spooky themes without that. <laughs> just uh, when you're listening to that, just imagine him jamming his hand all up into Momo that's, and it getting censored. Oh my god. And like ripping his head off. Oh, it comes back! <laughs> Perfect voice acting. But, anyways, Requiem for the Gods, Last Day, and Albedo.
you know, I could have picked anything from Castlevania Symphony of the Night that would have fit this topic because A, the entire game has got a cool, creepy atmosphere, and B, that soundtrack is phenomenal. I think it's one of Michiro Yamane's best works, and it's really timeless. I was going to pick Abandoned Pit because I think that's creepier, but it's it's a short loop, and this one is a lot more melodic, so this is what I went with. It's got that chill wind, and it's the chorus, and ooh, creepy, creepy. <laughs> Abandoned Pit. Well, one of the things I really like about that song is that part in the very beginning when it sounds like the sound could be either uh, a very creepy sounding wind breezing through and uh, like, but it could also sound like somebody's screaming. And I, I really like that sort of confusion of the two sounds. I, I don't know if that was the intent when it was composed, but it, that's the vibe I always get from it. And then, of course, you've got some some church bell in there every now and then, which is always great for spooks. On that note, uh, last day, Majora's Mask. So let's be honest, Majora's Mask is the creepiest game in history only because of that bend round video. If you haven't seen it, it's a creepy pace to go. At this point, it's on YouTube. Some... Some guy wrote a story about how, like, he bought a weird unlabeled Majora's Mask cartridge at a yard sale from some guy, some some creepy peddler. And, you know, it was cursed. And, like, the Link figure would unanimate and scream at the screen. screen and, like, the name would change and it would change to Ben Died. And, oh, what a terrible fate has befallen you. And it was just it was nightmarish. Horrible. Almost well, as bad as Slender Man. Well, Majora's Mask in general is a really creepy game. There are elements of it that aren't creepy and and you know fairly in line with zelda but i think it's it's almost the juxtaposition of that sort of zorda zorda zelda normalcy with all of the weirdness like every time you put on a mask link screams his lungs out into the camera and this this song that we picked last day obviously plays in the last day it's when the moon is falling down and it's about to crush the earth and you're gonna die and it's like unrelentingly oppressive and like there are a lot of zelda games that i think are better than majora's mask well well, a lot is kind of mean to say there are zelda games that are better but there are none that are quite as unique and definitely none that are as creepy as majora's mask you play as young link in that one right like the whole time it is a temporal like a chronologically it's a sequel to ocarina of time right as far as i'm aware because it's like it shows him in the very beginning riding epona through a forest and then uh skull kid runs away with epona skull kid knocks him over and takes epona and is a jerk throughout the rest of the game but it's not his fault it's because of majora's mask dun 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 so majora's a jerk yeah well majora's a super jerk and is incredibly creepy that's a mild spoiler i guess yeah no no spoilers because uh, nintendo hinted that they might be remaking it and they said to look towards link between worlds for that but whatever yeah creepy creepy song yeah this is we're definitely we're getting dark here that song was just like made me despondent i almost can't listen to it <laughs> i won't be listening to it again unless i play the game because it's yeah. uh not because it's bad but because it's so good does it does it play frequently in the game it, it plays on the the final day only. Like I think it plays in the final, the few final hours. So right, like right before the moon's gonna crash. Now, if I'm not wrong, you can't go to those hours till the end because you can't like the song or you you do get you, to that part can. several times. Yeah, you, you get to it several times, and um, you just have to rewind. You have to rewind time to the first day by playing the the song of time. But the like the in the very beginning of the game, you have to let it get to that point because that's how you get the ocarina. Is you get to the last hour or so, um, which is when the clock tower opens up, and that's where you finally go and face Skull Kid, who's wearing Majora's mask. But you can't defeat him at first, um, so you have to get the ocarina and figure out how to travel back in time. So you do actually experience that moment several times in a sense. Uh, it's just every time it's it's nerve wracking because it, it's like if if I don't rewind time, it's game over and I'm dead. It's funny because I have such an aversion to Ocarina of Time, but. 
the more I hear Majora's Mask, my friends have been telling me for years, because my favorite part of Zelda is finding secrets, and I, I hear this one is just, most of Majora's Mask is optional, I hear, and yep. I just, I really want to try it. It just sounds so bizarre and different, like, really cool. It's, it really does. It sounds surreal. Very unusual. I hope they, I hope they remake it. I do, too. Speaking of, of surreal and bizarre and utterly mind-bogglingly terrifying, Albedo, this is the guy who, in the second game, is screaming at you in the final battle to cause as much pain as you possibly can for him. And he, like, this guy rips his head off just to screw with you, and he's like, ah, ha, 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 and, like, grows it back, and the voice actor is perfect. Just that, that spooky, that's not a Gregorian chant, but that, that, that male chant, that, ah, like, just the stuff of nightmares is Albedo's theme, and it's, it's so really like madness, you know. Yep. Yes, it's completely mad. Like the great choice, Joshua. Very dissonant. It's like whomp, whomp, whomp. Uh, such a good song for a, a, a series of really fantastic games. I would say, I, I would, I would say maybe. Yeah, we were we were discussing actually during while we were listening that uh, I think all of us like Xenosaga a lot and are kind of bummed that it's gotten sort of crapped on by. Yeah fans in recent years like I, I understand that 2 had a sort of busted like the whole guard zone system or break zone I forget what it's called and it was too focused on a couple of characters but overall the series I really wish it would have gone to six episodes like it was supposed yeah. to because my god like yeah, what a you, cool story with awesome characters except Shion is stupid and I well, hate her but well you could really tell by the third one when they were like jamming entire wars into the into the, the codex you yeah. were like, all right, we got the whole story here at least. We just got it in a very condensed form. It's just kind of a shame because, like, I, I just – I think we go through these phases in the gaming world where it's like everybody loves a game. Then everybody has to hate it now because there's that generation of people that loved it. And then, you know, now everyone hates it. So now it's always like, oh, Xeno Saga. That's the game with the stupid long cutscenes. And I'm like, yes, we don't go into a Xeno game expecting short cutscenes. You don't go yeah. into a Metal Gear Solid game not expecting bizarro nonsense. It's just – you. It, it's like you don't play Pokemon because you want a story about fighting God. You, you have to have the right expectations for your game. Well, there is Arceus, but... I don't know what that means. He's the he's the creator Pokemon. He's like the original Pokemon that created the universe, supposedly. What? Yeah, and then you can you can encapsulate him in a tiny ball. What? Yeah. When? Where? You can capture God in a ball? Yes. Black and white, guys. Come on. Oh, it didn't happen in my game. Well, well, he's like a special event Pokemon. You have to download the the event trigger or whatever i forget the item that lets you get to him but anyway we're digressing a lot here that got real yeah it did get real Jeez. um we're gonna move on to another block of tracks steven hit us hit us all right so i'm double whammying you with yoko shimamura because she's the greatest composer ever and so i, I really struggled over this first track because there were one of three tracks from birth by sleep final mix i wanted to pick uh in, fi- in birth by sleep final mix i don't want now that it's coming out i don't want to outright spoil but essentially the birth by sleep we originally got here there was you know there were three characters you played each of their stories then you got a final chapter with another with, with one of those characters to fight the real final boss and see the true ending that led into other Kingdom Hearts games. And then in Final Mix, you get a chapter after that where you fight the first Heartless ever. And it's really cool and very, very dark and atmospheric, especially if you've been a fan of the series since the beginning because you're seeing some areas that you've, you've only seen in cutscenes before. Just really creepy and dark and just... It's like this sense of what are these things, and it's just some of the best environmental storytelling they've done in the series. And so there's the theme for that world, the battle theme for that world, and the boss theme for that world, which are all super creepy. But I decided to go with Night of the Dark Dream, which is the the song that plays in the background when you're not in combat. Because I think it really captures this sense of unease and just confusion really well. So there's Night of the Dark Dream from Birth by Sleep Final Mix, and then... 
You can hardly do a horror-themed RPG podcast and not include something from Parasite Eve, so I dropped a little missing perspective on you. Could have picked a lot of tracks from that game, but we went with those. And then, Kyle, you picked our next one? The Amazing Mortuary from Planescape Torment. A lot of different, a lot of tracks we could have picked from that, too, I think, but Mortuary is the most appropriate. Yeah. The most appropriately named. Yeah. It's a creepy area to have actually played that part, and I I think that's a good choice. So, coming up, we've got East Meets West, Night of the Dark Dream, Missing Perspective, and Mortuary.
One of the reasons I picked Night of the Dark Dream is just that it has this abiding sense of loneliness to it that just, it, it's perfect for the scene. I, I don't, again, don't want to spoil it because it's, you know, the game is going to be coming out again and I'm sure a bunch of people are going to get to play it for the first time. But suffice it to say, you're in an area and the background is all black and you're just running on this winding road and it's just your character. It's just like this monsters and... It's it's so, I would say, unlike anything else in Kingdom Hearts, because it's this moment that is sort of, it's pivotal in the, in, the, in the fiction of the series, which at this point has become ridiculous, but for a while it was really great, especially at this part, and I just, I really, really like that song. You know, parts of it remind me of Moonlight Sonata, actually, which goes perfect with the feeling of loneliness, because I always find that song you know, beautiful, but in a really melancholy way. I agree. And, I, um, it's similar. I haven't played Birth by Sleep Final Mix, obviously, but I know exactly which character this is taking place with and exactly what area it's in. And uh, the song evokes the fear and the sorrow of that character. So it's very effective at creating the, the, the atmosphere. Yeah, it's just it's that really, really sparse. I think it's like some uh, some strings, like a violin or something. And just that really sparse, really high-pitched notes. You have like these rather low... I, I'm going to try to get music here, but you have like these really low chords that are like very deep. But then you have a very high-pitched kind of melody going with it and it's sort of 
it's as sparse as the environment and uh, uh, adoration. And then, and then after that, we listened to Missing Perspective from Parasite Eve. To me, that sounded kind of like a, I would almost say it's a Halloween espionage song, like some kind of a spy mission, but taking place during Halloween. I know you guys had some different thoughts. <laughs> That's interesting. This was actually my hidden track, my secret final track, before I knew that it was included in this. So I I love this. A lot of this soundtrack is just fantastic. It's, um, yeah. Really creepy, gothic, and dark. This one almost sounds like, it sounds like, it reminds me of the uh, X-Files theme and the Halloween theme. Yeah, the movie Halloween. I, I, I agree so completely. The, so just a really classic sounding kind of haunting melody. It's, the, the, the dissonant chords on it are like, or I, I don't know if it's, Dissonance, threat word, but it, it it has this sort of like it sets you off to unease, and it really captures that like the 1990s New York. It's it's snowy and desolate, and you know it's there's all of this crazy nonsense happening, and it just it really captures that sort of sense of the unease in this game because the whole thing is like I mean people are people's bodies are rebelling against them and killing them and turning them into monsters. What is creepier than body horror? The first scene in. Parasite Eve gave me nightmares for a long time. They're the first CG. With the rat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we had Mortuary from Planescape Torment. And this is like, I mean, how how appropriate can we be? The title and everything. but And it does it does play while you're in a mortuary. Because you actually wake up in a mortuary in the game. Um, and you basically play this. He's almost He looks almost like Frankenstein's monster, basically. Yeah. But he's basically this, like, sort of undead amnesiac. And, of course, there's Mort in the talking skull that you meet in the mortuary as well. Oh, you mean but, Dave? It, it, yes. <laughs> it is Dave. You can never play that game again in the same way. <laughs> yeah, every time you see it, I'm like, Dave is with me! Program us a way out of it! But, it, yeah... As a song, I I always thought this about Mortuary, that you get this, like, if it was a physical surface, I would imagine darkness seething right underneath it, and you being able to kind of make it out. And that's the visual metaphor I'm using for what Mortuary makes me feel. It's just so creepy. Like, the little uh, little wavering sounds in it are just, like, distant. They remind me of, like, distant wails from zombies, and so creepy. I wouldn't want to be trapped anywhere with that song playing. No. Especially not as a recently awakened corpse. Under any circumstances, really, but whew, that would make it worse. <laughs> right? So we're, uh, we're coming up to our finale almost. So the next, we got two more tracks before then. And uh, the first one is, I kind of cheated. I wanted to include the third birthday because even though I think the game is kind of awful, it, the music is great. And there are a lot of arrangements of tracks from Persona, uh, not Persona, Parasite Eve 1 and 2. And so this way I could cheat and include the same game twice, kind of. So the track I included is Escape from UB, which is Ultimate Being, for the third birthday, which is by Mitsudo Suzuki and Tsuyoshi Sekito. And the original track plays, after you kill the final boss in Parasite Eve 1, it starts to chase you off this, like, tanker ship, and it's this really, really creepy, like, burn, 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 like, but it's it's very repetitive, and this version is kind of a really cool, it has that original section, and then it sort of has this new portion that's really just creepy and kind of, it sets you to unease, and I, I like it. So we got Escape from Ultimate Being for the third birthday, and then Kyle, you're going to give us our final moment of respite, are you not? I am. It's uh, Souls of Fire from Dark Souls. It's actually the main menu theme from Dark Souls, and it's one of my favorites, and because it's very peaceful, but there's this ominous undercurrent that you will hear, um, and that will lead perfectly into what we have coming after this. The, the nightmare we have awaiting for you. <laughs> All right, then. Coming up, we got Escape from Ultimate Being for the third birthday and Souls of Fire.
so Escape from Ultimate Being is pretty unnerving. It sounds like you're being pursued. Yeah, it, that, it, that pulsating rhythmic beat. It like, really does. Like Nemesis is running after you. Yeah, well, it's kind of like that because it's this blob of garbage at this point that's just chasing you on a <laughs> tanker ship. And just, I had nightmares about this as, as a younger kid because, like, I played, I marathoned Parasite Eve 1 and 2 because I remember I'd always wanted to play them. And I was, like, visiting my uncle for the summer in Massachusetts. And we were up in New Hampshire. Like, they, they had, like, a... Like a, a I would call it a vacation house, but it was a trailer. But it was still super comfy in the woods, and, like, they had a TV so I could play PlayStation on it. And I had just gotten Parasite Eve 1 and 2 from, like, a GameStop. And so I literally, over the course of two days, I just nonstop marathon both games. And to this day, I think, A, because I was emotionally exhausted and physically exhausted, it was, like, 3 in the morning when I was doing this sequence where this glob is chasing you, and, like, the pre-rendered backgrounds are fighting you because, like, the doors have this weird opening condition, and, like, it's just that that breakdown... Well, that, that's the original track. This one has a little more to it, and I love what they did with it. It does give you a sense that you're being chased. Uh, that breakdown where they have the choir. It's just, it's such a, a cool pursuit song, and just a cool song in general. And I think they did a great job mixing it for the third birthday. And I've seen the scene it plays in the third birthday, and kind of dumb, but whatever. The music was cool. And you can't go wrong with Mitsudo Suzuki, so. True. And then, uh, and Tsuyoshi Sekito's on that, too. And listeners may recall he did the uh, uh, Sekito's guitar works that we've made reference to a couple times. So he, he is also a good composer. He did. Then we heard Souls of Fire. I told Rob we had Dark Souls, and we had one of our tracks upcoming, which he was very excited about because he loves the game. That it's like our final moment of respite and it's it's so interesting for Dark Souls to have that song because I confusedly thought it was the Bonfire song which is also very peaceful but uh, it's similar yeah it's this it's this peace but it's like this this lurking darkness like bubbling at the edges like you just know when you hit start a giant you know skeleton is going to show up and smash you in the face and kill you once or you're going to kill him and he's going to get back up and kill you and you won't have noticed or any number of other horrid things will befall you and it's just it's it's so great as a not only a palate cleanser because when you quit out of the game and save you go back to the main menu so you hear it too and it's just it's this really great track a good good selection and it does a very good job of prepping us for what is to come yeah because what is to come is going to be emotionally draining our final three tracks of the day uh, I picked two of them because you know why not uh, I actually consulted a friend on the second one but we'll get to that so the first track is ever since I played Final Fantasy 7 this track has stuck in my mind and I did not pick those chosen by the planet even though it's super duper Super creepy. Uh, I picked Who Am I? Which, if you don't remember, is when Cloud is, like, in his own head and trapped and freaking out and Tifa's trying to, or Tifa's trying to, like, help him find himself. It's just that really, like, just the, the creepy progression of the music and just, it's it's such a, an unsettling song for a moment of that game when something incredibly bizarre and freaky is happening. So that's, I picked that one. And then the second track I picked is called Disturbed and Twisted, uh, and it's from Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, which is... A, uh, I would call it an unpolished gem. Uh, I've played it a little bit, a little, a little past its time, so I didn't quite get into it. But Rob loves it, and most of my friends that have played it adore it. And I asked a friend of mine to, to tell me because I, I knew this game had some really creepy music to it. And this is a very atmospheric song, and it's certainly not something you would sit down and listen to for enjoyment. But it, it's disturbed and twisted, so it's pretty good. And then we have another track after that. Right, and in our show notes, Stephen lists this. Um, he jotted down the names of each person. I'll, I don't know if this was his intention, but uh, each person's tracks were labeled, and mine is labeled uh, Nightmarish A-Hole for this track. Um, I think, I don't know if he was referring to the composer or me, but 
This this is a track that if you haven't played this game, you're going to be like, what the hell is going on? If you have played this game, you're going to be like, why are you making me listen to this again? You're a bad person. The last so, two minutes of this song. <laughs> yeah, so I apologize. I mean, I guess. You are listening to the Halloween episode, so right? deal with it.jpg, sunglasses and all. So listen yeah, this is, Halloween. I'm not going to tell you what this is. You'll either know or you won't, and afterwards we'll discuss. So who am I from Final Fantasy VII, Disturbed and Twisted from Vampire the Masquerade, and oh my god from Game...
going to talk about Who Am I first, but nope. Uh, let's just address right away that the Earthbound final battle song is the stuff of nightmares. My, my, my notes on the song are extensive, and most of them end with me swearing. Uh, I mean, where do you begin? It's like, it's not even a song. It's like right. droning sound, with like beeping and electricity. Then, like, your sub. You have this, like, drone. It's, like, in your subconscious. And then you have that, like, pulsing back sound with that weird kind of doop, 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 doop. Like, that. It's, it's so subtle. And then around 2.30, you get some church bell or, like, the soundstone lullaby, right? I guess, because I haven't played it. Yeah. Yep. And it's the. Uh, yep. And it's it's not like that lullaby is lulling you into a false sense of security. Derek, Derek, you had mentioned that it you know makes you feel secure. I would actually argue the opposite because in a song like that, a lullaby is used for one reason, so they can yeah. screw you, and that's what they do. They screw you because it comes yeah. up, and then the nightmare begins. Yeah, it's just like grinding metal, gnashing gears like, of death and radio static, and ugh. it's not really music. No, it's 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 very right. it's incredibly it. otherworldly. It's it's you know it's something that you would imagine, like this is the sound that a radio makes when it's possessed by the devil. It, this is no, it's not a song. It's this it's the soundtrack to your nightmare, right. any any nightmare. Welcome to my nightmare. That one. It's like this wall of just chaotic sound and and static and, just... and <laughs> silence too. Like it uses silence really creepily. Even it, it you know what. This is why I respect it, because, again, I've only beaten the final dungeon in Boston Earthbound. It's nightmarish, but the reason I respect this is because it... If you're fighting a final boss in a game, usually, it's... it's it, In a lot of JRPGs, and a lot of... Any RPG, it's this big, dramatic showdown to save the day. And you know that, inevitably, you're going to win the fight. And it's it's it has that inherent optimism. And when you're fighting Gygus or Gigas... I, I always call them Gigas. It, it doesn't feel that okay. way. No, it, there's no optimism. It's it's unrelentingly bleak. Yeah, it, it's bleak. And if you think about th- these characters, what they're doing, they, they're out of their bodies. They're, they're in <laughs> robot bodies. Their souls are in the future fighting something that is so evil it can't even be comprehended. Yep. Are your characters going to listen to triumphant music? No, in their heads, they're all going to be going, ah! Yep. And, and it's, it's such a contrast to the rest of the game that is very, very much like a bright, you know, oh, yeah. very, very funny game that's just so rooted in like pop culture and early 90s america lots of 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 jokes and puns and every you know everything is very bright in earthbound for the most part and you get to this part and it's just like what the hell happened am i still playing the same game yeah and you know there are all those theories like the abortion theory and whatever like your gygus is like an aborted fetus or something and you're destroying it or you're 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 killing the baby and just all these nightmarish and like and, like, uh, there's that story that the dialogue guy just starts saying, like, oh, help me, it hurts, comes from a movie where the creator of the game accidentally walked into a movie theater where a character was being raped on screen. I, th- and, I think it was like he saw it at home, I thought. Yeah, like something like that. I don't, I don't know if there's any veracity to those rumors, but the fact that they exist tells you the kind of mind that people are in when they're hearing this. This is pure terror and utter, complete success. And it, it really right. harkens back to that. I, I've made it a couple times in a random counter this point where you can't have good humor and good drama without both. That's why I would argue that the plots and tales games in Final Fantasy IX are so resonant to me because you see them during good times. Earthbound is this lighthearted, happy adventure with some, some, some serious themes. But then this happens, and because the adventure is so happy, when this happens, it feels that much more dire. Yep. I totally agree. 
incredibly successful at what it did and probably the i would say the the ultimate song that we've selected in this podcast not not the best song but the most representative in terms of a a creepy theme booky atmosphere yeah if you you, you want to yeah if you want to scare trick-or-treaters play this in the foyer to your apartment or house wherever you live oh that's a great idea right and or a horrible idea and you're a terrible person to walk backwards who am i final fantasy 7 just that that final fantasy 7 sound font can make some creepy sounds and first of all the reason I love that song isn't just because it, it, it's just creepy and piles of autumn leaves, but it's I, I have this vision of Cloud, like the the, the, the marionette Cloud, just kind of like waving his head around and being all bizarro and yeah. Tifa being like, what's going on? But then it has the main theme of the game. So you have this sort of sense that everything is out of whack. And like you're you're questioning even what's happening. Like, who am I? Who is Cloud? It's just it's so tied into the music. I, I really like that song a lot. Yeah, I, I've said it before. I absolutely love recurring motifs. So the fact that this reuses the the main theme in a weird, subversive, creepy way is uh, is is very powerful and making you feel like things are not what they should be. I would agree. I'm not okay. So the the well the middle track, but the last one we'll talk about was Disturbed and Twisted from Vampire. So I I, I watched that sequence on YouTube and it's very it's very successful. But that is a just the, the like the muffled, really chaotic piano in the background, and you have that like synthy sound that could be like a siren, or it could be like this high pitched wail. Oh yeah, they they utilized every sound from my nightmares that yeah. wasn't in their sound song. Like, <laughs> right. like I can't deal with sirens, um, so naturally Silent Hill just two is, is especially rough. was like. Ugh. But uh, I, I mean, I, I like the Silent Hill games, but man, like sirens are one of my irrational fears, like bomb sirens. So I did not appreciate that being in that song. And, uh, you know, there's like that sort of spectral synth that, that would be the sound of ghosts floating about reverse notes. Like, oh, oh my that, God. That, that's pretty much it for me. Like right around one minute, you have that like twanging sound that reminds me of like haunted mansions and you have like the res- the really hollow Resident Evil sounding stuff around one thirty, but yeah, the-, the backwards notes. I have like twelve expletives after in my notes backwards notes because backwards audio anything freaks me out, and they put it in there just enough to throw you off. You have like at the end, it's like all the sound is in like an echo chamber, and there's like this frantic twanging. Just whew. all right, Stephen, go play a uh, Ballad of the Goddess from Zelda Skyward Sword backwards and tell me how you feel. No. <laughs> It's just Zelda theme. That's okay. No. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Happy Halloween, people. Happy Halloween. I hope you guys are all, like, dead. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really, because then you wouldn't listen to our podcast. Wow, that's mean. You just you only want them to be alive so they can listen to our podcast? Well, well basically. And yes, pay their taxes. So, that pretty much does it for today. You know, we've done all the scary stuff we can for you. We gave you a little bit of nice fall vibe. Get your, your happy Thanksgiving in there. And we uh, we gave you a little bit of Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Final Fantasy of Army Born. We gave you <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Albedo ripping people's heads off or his own. And we closed with the most nightmarish song of all time. So there's your Halloween, people. Thanks for listening. So uh, it's kind of hard to believe we are coming up on 12 episodes. It's almost been our uh, it's almost our one year anniversary. I can hardly believe we have Woo! been uh, doing the show for a year at this point. Almost it's very exciting, and we're very glad to continue doing it. Our pilot episode last year, or I guess this year, was we did music of the year as like kind of a, an experiment on Random Encounter to see if we wanted to do a music episode or music show, and so that was a little more prescriptive. I guess we had a, we had it very planned out. What I'd like to do this year is do like a crazy music celebration. I just want to have as many guests as possible. You know, uh, you know, Kyle, you're more than welcome. Even if you don't have any picks, Kyle, please feel free to come along and just listen and talk about the music. You know, we're not going to have a theme. It's just going to be your favorite music from the year. And on that note, I would really like to get listeners' picks too. Uh, even if you don't normally write into us and you just – if you heard some music this year that you just really love that we haven't already played on the show or – heck, even if we have and you want to hear it again – 
We'll go, we'll go special with this one. You know, go ahead and email us your picks, or you can hit us on Twitter. You can come to the RPG Fan Forum, and you know, just tell us what you'd like to hear in the Music of the Year episode. And if you want to write a little blurb on it, you know, we'd be happy to read it. Unless you're you know, you know just write like f f f f f hate 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 awesome, which I guess I would read. But yeah, if you have any sort of anything you want to hear in Music of the Year, do let us know. Absolutely. And as always, be sure to send us your suggestions, uh, ideas for topics, things you'd like to hear, ways we can improve. Anything at all that would make this show a more enjoyable listening experience for you, please send it to us. Except for uh, if you want Stephen or I to stop being on the show, because that's not going to happen. Sorry. No. But um, you can get in touch with us via several ways. You can go to the RPGFan.com forums. You can uh, contact us via email. I'm Derek at RPGFan.com. That's D-E-R-E-K. Steven is Steven M at RPGFan.com. Steven with a P-H. You can also get to us via Twitter. I'm at EmbryonX, and Steven is at SJMTalis. Uh, you can see our Twitter handles on our staff pages on the site, as always. And if you could vote for us, or rather review us or rate us on iTunes, that would be amazing. Every single review and rating makes us a little bit more visible on iTunes, plus it strokes our egos and generally makes us really happy. So and I like sure. both of those things. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, be sure to tell your friends, tell your family, tell your mom, even if she doesn't listen to VGM, get her into it. Get her on iTunes. Make her write a review. I don't even care if she uses uh, like 10 exclamation points Ma- at the end of every her, sentence. Make her listen to our podcast and get her into it. That's a great yeah. way to do it. And she, I'm, she's a great lady. I'm sure she'd appreciate it. Yeah, and so, if, she, uh, if she's not, get her into it anyway because we don't care. We, we, don't, we don't judge our, our followers. I judge a little bit, but that's okay. Eh. No, not really. Get in touch with us anyway. You guys want to. Um, we've got information on our pages. So as always, thank you so much for listening, and we have one final track from Kyle to close us out. And I chose the most disturbing of all the disturbing Shadowheart's Covenant battle themes. Woo-hoo! It's called Ladder to Heaven. It's the battle versus Amon. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Kyle, thank you for being here, as always. Derek, thank Thanks you for, for always me. being here. Yep. And uh, Kyle, thank you for picking Shadowheart's music. You know me. I love having it on here. So uh, taking us out, Shadowheart's Covenant, Ladder to Heaven. Yeah.